Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Asking for a Friend podcast, an elder-led ministry of Believers Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. My name is Duffy Henderson, and I'll be your host. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and benefit of God's people. Here, we hope to provide helpful, thoughtful, and most importantly, biblical material as we address everyday life questions and issues. If you find this podcast helpful, please take a few moments to share it with someone that you think would also benefit from it. Thank you again so much for listening in, and may the Lord bless this podcast greatly to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth and benefit. We hope that you'll enjoy today's episode. Well, today I'm once again joined by Jason Rowland and Philip Castleton. How are you guys? Doing well, Duffy. Absolutely. Looking forward to the episode. Yeah, we had a great conversation last week or last for last week's episode and looking forward to today. We are looking at this broader topic of corporate worship, gathered worship, and we're going to narrow the point just a little bit today. Um, so let's just dive right in. Uh, we had a lot of good conversation in our previous episode. Um, we, we brought up this Ephesians 2 text that is crucial for our discussion about corporate worship and what is it. We answered the question of what is the church? Um, kind of in a broad sense, and then kind of what a local body, uh, a local church is, uh, biblically speaking. So we want to continue this vein. Uh, Paul writes this letter of Ephesians uh, to the churches uh, back in the first century, and it is such an important text for us to ground our theology and practice of, first of all, the church, but also what we do as the church. It's it's, it's important to, to stay grounded in this particular epistle. Teaches us a lot, uh, Philip. I'd love today to kind of pass this to you to get the conversation going. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter three, listener. If you want to have your Bible open, we'll be in Ephesians chapter three, talking about this question of corporate worship. Is it necessary? What's the importance of it, Philip? Well, you know, one of the dangers that we have, I think, especially when we think about worship, is to is to always think of it as benefiting me, being about me. Um, right. Uh, it's not. I mean, ultimately, it's it's how um, the redeemed of God's people pour out what is what is owed to God and given back to Him. But there's a bigger and grander um, scheme given to us in Scripture, right? Um, yeah, even though we're going to see the practical things, we're going to see the individualistic type um, application that corporate worship provides. I should application is probably a bad word. The the benefits, spiritual benefits that corporate uh, corporate worship ultimately provides for the believer. There's even a bigger and broader picture that's portrayed for us in Scripture, and we can see that in chapter three of Ephesians. Um, I would really like to read from verse one, but I'm just going to pick it up in verse seven. Yeah. Uh, but this is what it says. And he's talking about the, the, the saving of individual Christians and putting them together in the body of, of believers and, yeah. and how this is for a, a bigger and grander purpose than, than the individual himself. Look what it says. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints... This grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. Now listen to this. So that through the church, right? This is the assembled body. This is God building his, taking his people and putting them together. That through the church, 
the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen to the, the truth in that, the yeah. richness in that. Verse 11, this is according to the eternal purpose that he's realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. God had an eternal purpose to build his church, right? We see this played out in John 6. We see this played out over and over and over. But through the work and the merit of Christ's death and resurrection, his perfect life, all of this, he has uh, provided for himself a people. He has built for himself a people. He's regenerated a people. He's put them together. And what verse 10 tells us is that he did this and through the, the, the building and the manifestation of this body, he has made known the multitude, the manifold, the various and um, multicolored, if you will, wisdom, right? Yeah. That is his. But beyond us, he's done it in such a way that he shows the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. And what is he saying there? He's saying that the angels, the demons, um, that whole angelic order, whether elect or fallen, there is a sense in which God, through the building of his church and the manifestation of his church and the worship that they provide, he shows himself wise and powerful and glorious to, to the angels and the demons, right? This angelic order. Yeah, yeah. And so no, corporate worship is a necessity, not only for what it provides us individually, which I think we're going to talk about. That's great. But what it actually does as it shows off God in his glory to all of creation, even the part that we can't see. Yes. Uh, so we want to we want to camp out there for just a moment. We want to affirm and, and draw from scripture that God is initiating this corporate gathering of his people. He draws his people together. He gathers his people together. And this isn't just for the benefit of the people. This is for a grand display of his power and majesty right. to all creation. Uh, th this, he has been doing this even from Genesis 1, um, the creation of the world. This is a grand display of his glory to the nations. And he does that graciously and mercifully through his gathered people. Well, and, and particularly through them. And the interesting thing is, is right, if we weren't worshiping the rocks would, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and the angels, I'm sure, have heard the rocks sing plenty times. <laughs> but the, the, the uniqueness of this is the mm. redemption that is the eternal purposes of God worked out through Jesus Christ is the redemption of his people. Yeah. And that particular thing is where the cross is where God's glory is seen the greatest, right? And though angels don't know redemption, they can see, to some extent, the glory of God worked out as he takes sinners and makes them new and puts them together. And, and in the, in the context of that, they worship and give back to him glory. That right. is the beautiful picture of it all. That's right. And I don't want to jump ahead. I'm fixing to pass it to Jason. I want to make a thought here though. Um, as we, we're going to address this a little bit later in the podcast, but when believers don't see the importance and necessity of gathering together in corporate worship, they are removing themselves from part of what God is doing in them and through them. And boy, that has some very heavy implications. It does. And it's important that we recognize that. Um, and, and I think that we understand, as Philip read that text the in Ephesians 3, the eternal purposes of God for the church, through the church, um, by the church. These were... Uh, 
determined from eternity past, before creation of time. Mm -hmm. And so that in time, Jesus comes and he says, I will build my church, right? right. And in time, then, the, the church is established. We have Acts chapter 2, the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, and what typically theologians and historians have said, the... Um, the birth of the church. And so then we see the rest of the church played out through the New Testament um, letters. And, and here we are today, and we are part of a, a local church. But the the thing that, that is seen in the gathering and in the, the actuating of the life of the church is the wisdom of God. Um, Psalm 19.1 says that the heavens declare the glory of God, mm -hmm. but the church does too. Amen. And so we need to recognize there is a, something valuable and important, mm. something bigger than self. And we as humans, because of our sin nature, we, we tend to bring everything down to self. Everything's about me, right? Right. Uh, our comforts, our convenience, uh, our future, uh, We even our take gifts from God that he gives us and just makes them all about ourselves. Yes, which is the ultimate uh, reality That's of idolatry. idolatry. That's yeah. exactly right. Right. And so the, the, then the, the, the thing that you're talking about, Philip, this, this greater understanding um, of the purpose of the church is, is lost, particularly in our culture, mm. because everything is so narrowed down to self and so um, self-focused that we talk about preferences and we talk about likes and, and comforts and conveniences and, you know, everything is made to really gratify the flesh, if you yeah. think about it. Yeah, and before we pass it back to, to Philip, I, I do want to, as we, as we discuss these, these things that can potentially become idols in our lives, and we miss the grander purpose of God for us and for the church, um, we don't want to miss also that as we gather together, um, recognizing one another's desires and preferences, we, we ought to... Um, uh, Paul writes to the church in Corinth that uh, we should be giving of ourselves, and so there's a balance. There's a, a, a there's a um, a tug and a pull with, between believers that as we as we acknowledge one another's individual selves, uh, ourselves, we are gathered together ultimately to give of ourselves, mm -hmm. right? Um, which is part of the grand purpose of God. Um, well, I was I, I was taken back, but to what you were saying about um, Jason about um, you know, we see the the heavens glorifying God, and, and and the church does too. And I was I was thinking there. The, the interesting thing about that is human beings are the only ones um, in the created order who who don't do what they were created to do, right? Oh, that's a good good I observation. Mean, the stones <laughs> do exactly what they were intended. The trees do what they were intended. The sun does what it was intended. And mm. and the point that uh, that David makes in the beginning of that is that uh, look to creation. They preach a sermon about God every single day, right? Mm. And but human mm. beings are the only ones who don't. Mm. And I think that's the glory of the church mm. is God has taken a group which has um, manifested their own idolatrous hearts and he has changed that group, brought them who by nature were divided, right? Jew and Gentile. And he's taken those two who, who were at naturally at enmity with each other and God. And he has uh, not only reconciled them, like we talked earlier in another podcast to himself, but reconciled them to each other, mm. brought them together. And in the, in the context of that, they give back to him. Now they're actually doing what they were created for, like the rest of creation and, 
and he shows himself glorious to that creation through the through the manifestation manifest yeah. wisdom of the building of his That's church. That's great. Mm-hmm. So we we've kind of talked about this concept of corporate worship. Is it necessary? And we've we've brought this uh, important uh, discussion of what God is doing. Is God working? It's almost this assumption in the New Testament. Well, it is that God is actively working. He is carrying out his purposes, right? The Old Testament teaches us that uh, his, his purposes will not be thwarted. Um, they will come to pass. And so he uses us as part of that. Um, and Which to answer the question specifically, the answer is, is corporate worship necessary? Yes, it is necessary because when we do it, we fulfill the role with which we were created That's for, exactly and that is to give right. God glory, and That's He exactly manifests right. it to all of creation. Um, he, you know, the stars in heaven right. get to, get to see, you know, right. uh, God working this well, out. Well, and that would be another podcast for another episode, but that would be a great way to segue into the importance of church membership, meaningful church membership. Right there, there is there is purpose, there is intention that we are covenanting together as God's people to carry out his plan and desire and purpose for us. Jason, do you have anything to add to that? Well, I think that you're getting into some of the things that we ended the March 10th episode in which we talked about some of the uh, elements of a local church, a biblical yes. healthy church. Yeah, would you speak to that a little bit? Well, uh, definitely a uh, regenerate membership. Mm-hmm. As you just said, but then we talked about the idea of uh, biblical theology, mm-hmm. an un- right understanding of biblical theology, a right understanding of um, exp- expository teaching. Um, there's others, the um, right understanding of the gospel, the right understanding of evangelism, the right understanding of church discipline, uh, and we're talking about biblical evangelism, biblical gospel, biblical. Uh, church membership and so, the ordinances, be, uh, believers' baptism and uh, yes. the taking of Lord's Supper, communion. Yeah. yeah, those those would be part of those as well. So um, when you come then to those uh, realities of, of of a mark of a biblical healthy church, then the benefits then for the people who are regenerate are that they are being formed. They That's are right. being sanctified. There you go. And then that is seen. We didn't use the verses of Ephesians chapter 2 beginning really there in verse 16 to talk about this idea of this formation, this relational kind of work. But beginning um, in verse 16 and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Mm. So a dwelling place for God, right? So that God is not 
uh, no longer present in just a geographical location as we see in the Old Testament, but now he is present with his people by the Spirit. He dwells within us. Yes. As, yes. It's such an important truth. Interesting thing here, though, in this text is he's not just dwelling within us individually. That's right. He's dwelling within us corporately. Corporate, that's, that's right. The point. And yeah. we want to we want to we want to zone in right there because our our podcast episodes we could I mean there's so many things we could talk about. We're talking about. What happens when get when believers gather together, and we're we're labeling this corporate worship, right? And that that's a great point that God dwells with us individually, but He dwells with us in the household that He has built. And if we're not careful, um, there's danger. Mm. Uh, there's a danger in 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 leaning too much into either one of those. That's right? right. That's right. We can lean into the corporate <laughs> side so much that we think that we're in Christ because our neighbor is. Right? right, we can uh, lean into the individualistic part so much that I think I'm in Christ without regard to my neighbor at all, mm-hmm. and both of those are dangerous positions. The fact is, is yes, I have been individually regenerated, and then I was taken as a stone, or as this text would say, placed with other stones, and 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 God's Spirit dwells within me individually, but more importantly, He dwells within me. And, and corporately, and that and that has ramifications. And just to add uh, a little bit of humor here, the Lord uh, compares us with stones. Often we're dense, and we miss that truth, right? <laughs> right. So he he has to put stones. Don't put themselves together and build themselves up. They are placed. Uh, they are shaped. And they are formed. They are cut, and they are placed to build a structure, right? right. With with intent, with design. And this is exactly what God's doing. Uh, through Christ and through the Holy Spirit um, in Ephesians chapter 2. Yes, and what, we, what we've seen then, the, the, the question goes back to corporate worship, is it necessary? We've seen, number one, it's necessary because it uh, reveals the, the wisdom of God, the glory of God, and it, and it helps us then to do what we were created to do. Amen. To worship God, mm-hmm. to give the glory and honor to Him. Um, but then... The, the second piece of that is that there are practical benefits that come to the believer because they are now a part of the church. Yes. Yes, specifically. Yeah, that, and that's the, that's the important thing about that you were just saying, right? There are ramifications to us being in Christ, not specifically individual, mm. but as a, a corporate unit. That's right. right. And so as we hang on that thought, I want to ask another question. This will change the course a little bit of our conversation. Um, is there a danger to neglecting corporate worship, this gathering intentionally to worship God and to benefit others? Is there a danger to neglecting that? Absolutely. You know, we've already touched on that a little bit. That's right. In that, uh, number one, um, we don't then become um, intentional in what we're created for. Right. And then number two, um, as we referred previously, not only in this podcast, but I think uh, in the last podcast in Hebrews 10, that we should not neglect our uh, self yeah. uh, assembling yeah. together. Um what danger is there, though? Well, let's, let's well, press into that well, just a little fold, bit. And I think one of them we're going to talk about later. Sure. But there's, a, yeah. there's spiritual dangers, and there's actually practical dangers. That's right. And, 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 we're and I, don't mean practical... to be, I don't mean to be completely defining or yeah. separating those two things, because yeah. I think they, they work together. Correct. But we're wanting to talk now mostly about the spiritual dangers, let's, right? Yeah. Jason, would you speak just a moment to a potential, let's get, let's get narrow with our focus, uh, a, a spiritual danger in neglecting 
intentionally neglecting. I know there's some times where we can't gather together, but I think we, we know some folks and there, there, there are plenty of instances we could call to mind that people choose to neglect gathering together in corporate worship. What are some spiritual dangers right. there? Well, I think that one of the, um, one of the realities of uh, church culture in America, at least, is that if I don't show up to a gathered worship, then it's no big deal. Nobody, it, it doesn't affect anybody. It hasn't hurt um, mm. the spiritual growth or uh, benefit of the uh, neighbor next to me, which which is a total misunderstanding of what the New Testament teaches. It, yeah. it, it's a not understanding that the spiritual realities that take place when we gather together um, are important for our sanctification. But I think particularly, to go back to what you're asking me, is the, the, the spiritual benefit of each one who is a true believer, who's been regenerated by the Holy Spirit, then also is gifted by the Spirit, uh, and also has the Spirit indwelling him or her, so that if I'm not gathered with you, if I'm not gathered with Philip, and I'm not gathered, gathered with Duffy in the, the congregational worship, then my spiritual gift is is not activated. It is not being used. Well, you know, you know, one of the particular dangers that is is common, especially um, within the last hundred years or so, um, is this idea of individualistic Christianity. Because with it, we think we have individualistic spiritual gifts. Well, the scripture is is explicit in chapter twelve of First Corinthians, and I know we're going to get there later, so I won't get real particular. But and um, and all the way through chapter fourteen of First Corinthians, that ultimately the gifts are not ever given for the edification of one individual by themselves, but the 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 gifts are given for the edification of the body. So yes, I am brought in as an individual, right into this household. Right. I am given a gift by the Spirit, but that gift only rightly works in the context and for the edification of the body. Yeah, and I think you could strengthen that. And again, we don't want to go there in this episode, but you could strengthen that, that um, spiritual gifts from God given to believers are only rightly used within the context of gathered body of that's Christ. My per- that's my point. That's yeah. my point. They, they are wrongly used any other place. Well, that's my point. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yes. We, but that, that stems, Correct. I think, from this individualistic, um, I came to Jesus on my own, he's equipped me on my own, and I can live my entire Christian life it's on my own. It's just me and Jesus, we're cool, we're good, and... You know, we, yeah. we got our, th- me and Jesus got our thing going on, right? Yeah, that's kind of what we that's hear where, sometimes. I think yeah. that's where some of that comes from. So if I go to church, I don't go to church. I mean, there's no real significance, right? Either right. way. And I right. think there's, the, there's a right, mindset there, of there, neutrality there. and we have to recognize there, there's, uh, man, we could get into some deep weeds there, but someone who is born of God, who has been regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit, indwelt by the Spirit. And that also thinks that they can be a um, a lone ranger Christian without any support, without any biblical preaching or teaching, or or seeing God work through His people. Uh, boy, that that would for me those two things are, are kind of mutually exclusive in my mind. I don't want to get there too 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 deeply, but there's an inward desire to gather. I believe that you would you both would probably agree from someone who's truly 
born of God. Absolutely. I was uh, with someone even this week, and in the course of conversation, she made reference to this very thing. Um, some people, it's important for them to, to go to church. That's the word that she used, go to church. And she's talking about corporate worship. But it's important for them, but other people don't really need to, um, was what she was implying. Did she and, imply that that was okay? Oh, yeah. It's just oh, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, yeah. it's to each his own. Right. right. It, was, it was her excuse for the reason why she wasn't attending mm. Uh, mm. anywhere in church. Yeah, yeah. But, but all, are... that, all that to say, that's the mindset. Yeah. yeah. Um, which goes against totally what we see in Ephesians chapter Amen. 4. Amen. When we come to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, and the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no mm. longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine and by human cunning, mm. yes. by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Yes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which He, which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. I mean, that, that encapsulates everything we've been talking about. I mean, if you, if you as a Christian listener, wherever you are, if, if you have... Uh, battled this, um, as most of us have. Um, do do I need to gather? Do I need to be a part of a local church? Is it really that important? I think that we've seen, if you just read through Ephesians, Paul makes the case that it's paramount. It's vital. It's what you were purposed for and designed well, for. If you let the language speak for itself in the sense that he, he calls us a body. Yeah. I mean, which one of us takes our hand off, right? And leaves it at home yeah. and takes our foot off and leaves it at work. Mm. And, um, you know, one of our legs, I was thinking of a, a song when I was a kid, after the ball was over, Mary took out her glass eye, you know, put her false teeth in water and hung her wig up to dry. Pretty soon there's nothing left of Mary. But that's exactly the way we think of the church, right? That's exactly the way we think of the church. I'm a hand, but the body doesn't need me. Yeah. I can just yeah. stay away. Yeah. Well, pretty soon all the hands and all the feet and all the noses and all the eyes are all trying to do their thing individually and not much is getting done right. in, in, the, in the scheme of it all right right i mean and actually there's no life for the hand apart from the body mm. it dies mm. very very quickly and if we just let mm. that kind of talking and thinking you know what paul is trying to say in, in all of this we would say there's absolutely no world in which um, a, a christian um, can rightly function outside of connected to this body yeah right? and before we close, Jason, I'm going to point this to you to close this today, sure. but let's, uh, let's frame it this way. Christian, uh, brother, sister, whoever might be listening to this, um, we're going to get into some more uh, details in, the, in our next episode for next week. I'm talking about some more practical issues regarding gathering and, and this corporate worship. But think about this. What are you, uh, as you've seen from Ephesians 2 all the way through 4, what are you missing out on if you are neglecting the gathering of God's people. There are so many things that you spiritually are, are going to be um, dehydrated. You're going to be um, starving 
they're, they're ill-equipped they're, for. Ill-equipped for. There's so many things that we can go to, mm-hmm. and uh, Jason has has brought up these. Um, we we would use the term means of grace, ordinary means of grace, the preaching of the word, prayer individually and corporately, the singing of the word, all of these God uses to to form us using that language that we've used. And if you if you neglect, the danger is that you're, well, we, we've come back and we've said it, we'll repeat it again. First of all, you're not, um, you're not being who you were designed to be. That your faith is not just your faith, it is for the benefit of others as well. God has equipped you, believer, specifically with gifts, with whatever the case may be. He's given you something that is for the body of Christ. It is much larger than yourself. Jason, would you would you kind of wrap us up today with a thought? With Well, to continue that idea, I think that one of the things that happens when a person is regenerated and becomes a true believer is that we begin to love our brother and sister. Mm. And to love our brother and sister means that we are willing to gather with that brother or sister in corporate worship Mm. because we recognize that we have a gift that we can offer. They have something that we can receive from them. And even as Paul Paul talks about in Romans chapter 1, that there's this mutual edification that happens when we gather in worship. So if I love you rightly as my brother in Christ, mm. I'm going to show up Amen. Uh, to the gathering of the people of God for worship because you said it earlier that we need each other. Amen. And it's necessary that we come and be a part of that. Beyond that, I would also think that one of the things that I see, you know, this is my 37th year vocational ministry. Mm. And through the years, what I have seen is people come to me and they're, they're dealing with a problem and I'm not trying to downgrade the problem or to, to make it less than what it is. They, they come to me with a problem, yeah. um, but they haven't been in gathered worship in mm. years. Yeah. Yeah. They, they haven't availed themselves to any of the means of grace. They haven't put themselves in a place where they rightly love their brother and sister in Christ yeah. by um, gathering with them. And so then there's no fixing their problem. They, they want a pill. They want a one, two, three kind of step solution that will fix their problem. And, and what I've learned in recent days is to say, um, brother, you, you have missed the point and you will not get this fixed unless you begin to gather with, you, with God's people. Yeah. Um, if you claim to be a believer, then this is what you will do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And by the way, and let, so me throw, good. let me throw in this parenthesis um, without it um, maybe stepping on too many toes, but um, that doesn't mean just Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're... Step on them toes. Hey, hey, I brought brought boots today, so go ahead, man. (laughs) Well, we need to recognize that if if the word to us is a means of spiritual growth and formation... That's right. ...then the church then is offering that multiple times a week. Mm. Why would we not take advantage of that multiple times a Mm. week? That doesn't... I, I recognize that there are always those... Uh, extenuating circumstances. Okay. You're talking about a normative, regular rhythm or pattern yes. of this desiring to partake of the these ordinary means of grace that we're yes. talking about, right. right? So if we're not benefiting uh, ourselves spiritually by taking advantage of those, yeah. then um, no wonder 
you're ill-equipped. No wonder that there's um, deficit in your spiritual yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Um, and certainly that needs to be thought about carefully because um, you are uh, missing an important piece of what God intends for your life. You're missing the intention of what he's created you for to manifest his glory and wisdom through the church, and you're ministering the opportunity of spiritual benefit to one another because you're neglecting the assembling of the people gathered together. That's great. Thank you, Jason. I think that's a great way to end this episode. Um, we're going to be taking a look a little bit deeper into the the inner workings of what corporate worship looks like in our third and final episode as we really deal with this topic. But that's all for today's episode. Thank you once again for taking the time to listen to the Asking for a Friend podcast. And we hope that this has been a blessing to you. Until next time, grace and peace be with you all.